Hey everyone, welcome to Fast Women. I am Nicole. And I'm Eileen. And we are going to talk to you about an adventure that we're actually technically just finishing up right now. We're on our way to the airport. Uh, we drove around in the Kia Nero. The, the 2023 Kia Nero, which yes. has been refreshed. Yes. No, no, no. It's all new. It is all new. Yes. Take, sorry. All new 2023 Kia Nero. Yes. The Kia Nero, which before you and I were very unimpressed with. It was, it was fine. No, it was lackluster. Okay, sure. It, it was, was really not great. Like, mm-hmm. the interior was fine. The powertrain was, like, the most, it was a yawn. Like, not just a yawn, like a, a yawn. big yawn. <laughs> like, just, you just, like, it's one of those vehicles you're like, I mean, you could buy it, but was there nothing else available? Yeah. There was no particular reason to recommend it, but now they have given us all new. So we have a hybrid, a plug-in hybrid. And a fully electric. There is no straight up gas version of the Nero. So this is if you are looking to go into electrification, you have all the options with the Nero. Yeah, and there wasn't a gas version with the last one either. It no. was a hybrid. Mm-mm. So it's always kind of sticking true to its roots. It's a small crossover. Yeah. Still good amount of space. I mean, you and I are sitting here, we've got we had adults in the back. Yes. We had luggage. Like we're perfectly fine on space. So yeah. a good for a good car for that. Um we have driven the hybrid. Yes. We have driven the battery electric vehicle. Yes. We have not driven the plug-in hybrid. So no. two for three, which isn't bad. Right. And we're getting a taste of it because, you know, you're driving the plug-in hybrid. The hybrid, they're going to be pretty similar-ish in how they are. So we're kind of getting a taste of both. And it does have something. So you and I have talked about how we like the Kia Telluride having a large screen. Mm-hmm. I mean, two large screens. We think that's an easy way to kind of show the premiumness of the vehicle. Old Nero? Not really premium. Very much looked like they were trying to save weight and save time. Mm-hmm. This one, it has two 10.25-inch screens. Yeah. And so it does feel premium. It definitely has that look to it. I mean, the surfaces, it's not a luxury vehicle. It's not really no. a premium vehicle. But it's well put together. It's well designed. I'm looking around. You know, it's got the same sort of interface as the Kia EV6 here on the climate controls, mm-hmm. which that's... I don't, I don't really care for it, that, it's honestly. Kinda, it's a little frustrating because you have to, like... You have to tell it whether you're trying to do climate control or trying to do other functions on the car. So you have to like tap back and forth. Like, no, I don't want to do that. I just want to make it warmer. So it's a little bit, yeah, they're a little bit frustrating, but small frustration. Small frustration. I know one time, uh, or not one time, a couple times actually, you've reached down to turn down the volume on the radio and ended up turning on the air conditioning. Exactly. Because <laughs> you're using, it's not in the function I think it is. And until you're like, what? Why am I, why am I freezing? Oh, wait a minute. That wasn't doing what I think it was doing. <laughs> yeah. And this is, so it is a Kia. So you think it's probably like budget conscious, which it is, but it also has some cool tech features. It has that digital key. So you can use your phone as the key and you can, you know, trade off, you know, to valet mode using your phone. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you don't have to have a physical key, which is always nice. It's got great standard safety systems. Um, it also has um, an onboard generator, which is something that EV6 has. Yeah. And it allows you to use your your Nero as a backup power source. Which is kind of neat. That's sort of, a, especially when you think about places where you, you know, you run out of power because there's like a hurricane or storm or winter weather. That's kind of cool. Yeah. And I do think, so Nero, eco-focused, electrification, blah, blah, blah. Um, one of the cool things is that the headliner is actually made out of upcycled wallpaper. Yeah, so it's not like we have, like, you know, a floral print above our head. It just looks like a gray headliner. And if you touch it, it's got a little bit of a tactile, like, surface. It's like a, a it's not. It's cool. Like, it, it doesn't yeah. feel like everything else, but it also doesn't feel cheap. Yeah, so, you know, but that's kind of neat because you've upcycled something, and that's always cool when they 
take something that would have just been filling a landfill or whatever, and then they like, nope, we're going to use that in our car, and it's going to look like a cool bit of the car. Yeah, and it's got a vegan leather interior on some of the surfaces. Like, if you opt for the vegan leather, that's an option, too. So, you know, sustainability and focus, which is a big thing. Um, just another thing, we've driven it a lot on the highway. We've driven it plenty of back roads and yes. around, like, city streets. But it also has that highway assist. So it keeps it centered in the lane. It will change lanes for you. Um, if you need it to, if you signal that way. So there's a lot going on there. Um, just in terms of value, it offers a tremendous value yeah. for the customer. And I used that highway driving assist quite a bit when we were in, we were coming out of Boston and there was some traffic because Boston and there's always traffic. And it was going from, you know, you're, you're stopped and you're barely, barely crawling up to, you know, 55, 60 and then right back down again. It did a really good job of modulating that, even as people are cutting you off, because it is that heavy traffic and people just cut you off and you don't have a lot of time to respond. It responded pretty well. I thought it was good at mimicking fairly well the way that I would drive. Like none of them really 100% do exactly what you would do behind the wheel. But this one was really close. So you didn't have too much of that anxiety of feeling like, okay, I got to have my foot hovering right over the gas pedal, right over the brake pedal, because it's going to completely misjudge. I thought it did a pretty good job. Yeah, it didn't ping pong between the lanes, mm-hmm. which we did actually watch a Tesla in front of us doing <laughs> that. And I was like, oh, good, we're straight. They're having I issues. I know, it's like, look at us going in the, right in, the, in between the lines, and that guy's like, ping, ping, ping. So either he was not paying attention, or his was not as effective as what we were driving in the Kia. No, and I definitely like the fact, too, we've sat in these seats. We've been in this car for three days. When I say mm-hmm. we've been in the car for three days, we've been in the car for Three yeah, days. this wasn't a typical drive program. This is something that we got to do. It was like, here you go. We're going to take you guys on this drive. We're going to take you into Newport. We're going to spend time driving around Newport, experiencing the city, the area, and the car, and just really driving around all this time. They said the, the program's over. We are still driving to the airport. I have a little ways to go because we're not back in Boston yet. So we had a lot of seat time in these cars. We've put about 300 miles on them mm-hmm. between the two vehicles, just to kind of give you an idea of how much time we have spent in them. And I have to say, I like it. Like, I like it way more than I thought I would. And it's not like it's, it's not just a bad option. It's a good option. Yeah. It's something I would recommend. And like the Sportage, the Sportage, the Sportage. like the Sorento, like the Telluride, it's done, they've done a heck of a job with this Kia Nero. Yeah. And I, you know, and it's something that's it's been the case for Kia for quite a while is that, you know, there's an older reputation for some brands where they weren't as solid as they are now. And they've made such strides. And it's not just reliability and the offering and the style, but gosh, the interior of this looks really good. Like Eileen said, this is not a luxury vehicle. It's not intended to be this upscale option, but it also doesn't feel down market. It doesn't feel like cheap. It doesn't feel like, well, we don't care. We're just trying to make a, a you know, an entry level crossover thing. No, it actually feels really nice. And they do a fantastic job of giving you a car that you feel good about taking a seat in and you enjoy driving without making the price something that's so exorbitant. You can't afford it. Absolutely. All right. So we're going to take a break. When we get back, we will talk about sitting in a seat. We will talk about uh, changing up our route to accommodate our needs. And we will tell you about this kind of rally thing that we did. It's not like the melee, but it's kind of a cool thing, a cool spot that we, we went on this little route that's part of a regular rally. So I'll tell you about that when we get back from break. All right, you're back with segment two of Fast Women. We are recording from a state park where we are surrounded by falling leaves, have not seen any squirrels. Um, we've seen a lot of dogs, a lot of aggressive mothers with strollers. Yes, like, like they're driving, they're on the side of the road and we come around the corner creeping like you do when you're on a road in a state park. 
and they literally are driving their strollers off into the trees and so I'm like, I'm not going to suddenly veer into your children, people. <laughs> Very aggressive people with strollers. I mean, I find that in the mall, though, too. Like, they're just, they're like that everywhere. Yes, this is true. So where we didn't see strollers and where I did not hear a baby cry, which was just wonderful, was the Boston Airport, which is where I met you. And we also met with Jeff from Kia, who is a good friend and honestly, uh, one of our, our favorite people in the industry. He is. He's, he's fantastic. Guy. So, and I know he's listening to this. So, hey, Jeff. There you go. Um, <laughs> so you picked me up at the airport and you did me the honor of meeting me with an entire box full of cannoli. Yeah. So when I did the, the Mike's Pastry is a big thing in Boston and they're known for their cannoli and I've always loved them. And you walk in and most of the time you walk in and it's so mobbed. It's kind of like the soup Nazi counter from the old Seinfeld thing where you just, you better know what you want when you get up there because you've wedged your way through the front of the mob and just point to the case one of these two of those one of those three of those take your box wrapped in string and get out um but the food is fantastic we had had kia and cannoli jeff had brought cannoli up to the local motor presses drive program during the summer and gave away cannoli and he called it kia and cannoli i'm like well we got to create that experience for Eileen. I require cannoli. He re- you, who doesn't? So we got cannoli at Mike's. And as we were right there in the parking lot, like literally ate them in the parking lot. It was Logan. really good. Yeah. It was really good. You brought three different kinds. You bought, brought a traditional stuff with chocolate cream, mm-hmm. uh, a traditional stuff with vanilla cream, and then something, a Florentine? Is that what you Yeah. Instead it? of the traditional cannoli shell, it was like a Florentine cannoli shell. Which I had no idea what that means. So if you could try to describe it for people who are listening, it's who are like, as ignorant you, as I am. Okay. You got to think like a Florentine cookie, like that you would just get like just a cookie, which sometimes they have chocolate on the back. Sometimes there's a little fruit in it, but it's one of those things when you make it, they look very like thin and very lacy and they're a little caramely. So they kind of get in your teeth a little bit, but you can bend them when they're hot. Like you could make them into a you can make them to a cone and use them to hold stuff, or you could like just make them curved and sometimes they're shaped. So they make theirs into the shape of a cannoli shell. And so we had one of those too. And they all had chocolate chips on the end because I requested chocolate chips or I told Jeff I wouldn't drive his car. So that's why we had chocolate chips on the end of the cannoli. Uh, be- because that's what the way it should be. That's exactly. Be right. Cannoli should come with chocolate chips. So down for that. They were excellent though. And what I really liked about them was that the shell held together. It was neither too flaky nor too crumbly. Yeah. And it was, it was fresh. It was delicious. Um, so gorged ourselves on cannolis in the parking lot of Boston Logan airport. Yeah. And then we, of course, were immediately decided it was time for lunch. So mm-hmm. we drove, what, like a mile and a half? Yeah, not even very that. far. Through, and I have to point out, we drove through Boston and to give Eileen really the full Boston experience. We drove to lunch on the way. I think it was on the way there, but there was a point where we get to a giant intersection and all the lights are red. All of them. Yes. Indefinitely. We, we, we had shut down the intersection. So the lights are all red. I'm like, well, now we just got to drive through this intersection. So welcome to Boston where the traffic lights don't work and you take your life in your hands trying to get across traffic. It was, there was a lot of honking. Yeah. There was a lot of honking. There were some gestures. They were not very polite. No, no, no polite gestures. Mm-mm. None. And I did recognize them from my time in Rome though. Oh, there you so go. I, I was like, oh, this does feel familiar <laughs> to a certain extent. So we went to the Yankee Lobster Company, oh, so which good. it's right at the harbor like it is it is exactly where you want to be for for getting your lobster and i ordered a lobster roll yes did you order a lobster roll? i did the buttered lobster lobster roll so and it's huge it had tons of claw meat it was also probably outrageously expensive but it was it was gigantic it was a lot of mm-hmm. lobster and of course it was fresh and of course it was delicious they had fries served with it we had some drinks it was it was just like it was everything you wanted it's a little small restaurant you probably can't get to see almost any time of year that is sunny outside. Right. Uh, but it was it was exactly what you wanted. Like, it was a good lobster. It was really a good. great way to kick off the trip. And it was it was great. It's next door to a brewing company, Harpoon, 
Brewery. Yes, which is famous. Which is yeah. famous. So if you're looking for something before you go and drink beer all day, stop there and stop get your and get your beer roll. and get your lobster roll together. Yeah. yeah. So then we went from there. We went down to Newport, but we took the long way because what's the point of taking the short way? Yeah. And so we did go on the highway, which was a bit longer than expected because, like, everybody's running into each other. It's just what they're doing this time of year, it's, apparently. It's traffic. It's traffic. It's oh. Boston. That's Boston any day of the year. Except when it snows because then there's not as many people on the highway. And this is going to sound ridiculous, but you can sometimes drive faster and get out of the city quicker when there's snow than you can during a sunny day when there's traffic. <laughs> it's like it's, a, it's like the sunshine tax, but for automobiles. Yeah. It's like a whole thing. <laughs> so, so we did that. And then when we got off the highway, um, as we got through Providence and then got off the highway and we did something, um, we drove this route of this rally that they have that Jeff, our friend who actually stuck with us for the trip, yes. um, that he's actually done. So he took us on that course, which takes you down by the water and through the woods. And it's just a beautiful kind of uh, rally course. Yeah. It says it's called the hidden highway hundred rally. And he gave us these turn by turn directions. We didn't do the whole thing. I think we did part of it, but I didn't have the directions for the whole thing. So I might have to like plan a thing to get <laughs> and it's like rally directions instead of like turn right here there's like abbreviation so i'm really debating getting a car and printing these out and handing them to my husband and going hey go see if you can figure this out Just i for, for one challenge. as your as your navigator would love to watch your husband <laughs> i would like the in car in car experience of him trying to figure out rally directions and see if we're still married by the end of the drive <laughs> i have faith you'll be married i'm just not sure you'll be talking yeah that's possible that's yeah. very possible <laughs> but from there we went into newport and i just love newport it's, it's a beautiful town. Newport, Rhode Island, lovely. for those of you who don't yeah, know Yeah, and there's about. all these, you know, they're known for these giant mansions like the Vanderbilts and the, the huge Great Gatsby-level mansions, and they do have those, but that's only a part of Newport, like Salve Regina College is there, and it's there's there's beautiful homes, but there's also more normal-sized homes. Like, there's regular people that live there. It's not like it's cheap, but it's this beautiful ocean community. And when you're there in the off-season, which it is right now, the tourists are gone, and you can drive places and walk around, and you don't have to worry about getting into a restaurant or getting into a coffee shop or finding a place to park because it's a lot more chill. It's a beautiful time of year to come visit an ocean-side town in New England because they're nice and quiet. And you also don't have to worry about sweating. So we went yes. out and we did, I mean, we did like eight miles of walking yesterday. Oh, yeah, yeah. And didn't break a sweat once. You know, you stroll, the leaves are falling. It's just beautiful. Like New England in the in this fall is generally yeah. beautiful. But something about New England plus oceanfront yeah. plus like the perfect housescapes and like oh, they have beautifully colored houses there. Uh, the town is so well kept up. It's just, it's a beautiful spot. Like, I, I love Newport, but it's just, it's particularly beautiful this time of so year. So we had fun wandering around. The first night when we came in, we stopped at Fort, oh shoot, Fort Adams State Park. Yes. I think I got it right. And it's where the Eisenhower, what do they call it? The Eisenhower Summer White House? Yeah, the Eisenhower House is, which was the summer house of President Eisenhower, um, who was a Navy and Army man. Mm -hmm. And it's, so Newport is also home to the Naval War College. Yeah. And so um, the Eisenhower House sits on a bluff. It's got a great view of what is now the Newport Bridge. I don't know if it was there back when Eisenhower was there. I don't, <laughs> I don't think either. it was. It looks too either. new. <laughs> um, but you never tell with bridges. Sometimes you're like, oh, this is 100 years old. Okay. Yeah. Um, but it, it's just, it sits in a beautiful location, a beautiful old house. Um, really, I wouldn't mind having that house. I'd be okay with that. Yeah, it would be all right. And we drove down and you get this just, oh, you get stunning views. We were there at sunset. It was just perfect it was like it, it we put up pictures and i swear when you look at the pictures you're like oh they really photoshopped they really edited. like no that literally was just took picture put online it's gorgeous you have this very beautiful like 
orangey-pinkish sunset, and there was a sailboat there, and you've got the bridge, and we took a picture with the Kia Nero in the background, and it was just such a perfect way to sort of kick off what we were doing for for this whole weekend. So it was it was absolutely lovely. Absolutely. So we went from there, we went and checked into our hotel. We stayed at the Hammett's Hotel, which is new. It was not, it was under construction, but it was not there the last time I was there. It's on the wharf, right on the waterfront, kind of like in a touristy part of town. Like, I, I would not go there in the summer. Yeah, in the summer, like, I feel no. like it would just be madness. Absolute madness. But it is a beautiful hotel. I loved my room. It was kind of reminded me of the Detroit Foundation Hotel mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, but with a New England twist, so you know, like yeah. blues and wallpapers, all that, all that sort of Cape Cod blue and the and the like burnished brass everywhere. Yes, and you you uh, adopted a sofa while you were there. Okay, so they had this beautiful lobby and they had this great big poofy leather brown leather sofa, and I was just downstairs before they were for dinner or something, and I sat down and I, like put my feet, but not on the furniture, mom, just like adjacent to the edge where I had my legs up. I'm like, this is the comfiest couch. So I was down there again this morning. I'm like, I'm on what I'm calling my leather couch now. This is mine. I own this spot. It was quite comfortable. Yeah. Like really, really comfortable. And it's a beautiful hotel. It's easy and out. They have valet, so you can park your car, but you can also walk. You can walk like almost all of Newport from there. Yeah. Um, you can get to the beach. It's a 20 minute walk to get to the beach. You're right on the wharf. There's a ton of restaurants in between. Um, we stopped at a place called Pasta Beach for dinner. Mm-hmm. By stopped, I mean that Jeff made us reservations. So we stopped. <laughs> yeah. And Pasta Beach was amazing. I would go there eight days a week for dinner. Yeah, it was really good. They had delicious bread. Oh my gosh, their Italian bread that they gave you when you first sat down with a little dipping oil. That was tasty eats. Great bread. Mm-hmm. I had a pizza. I also had a number of other things that were on the table. Um, we ordered a big tray of meats and cheeses and there was burrata on there mm-hmm. and and ham and it was it I'm sure it was ham with a fancy name but it was really really good <laughs> um I did not eat the pile of arugula that was there I hope it no, was just for show it I was, didn't eat the arugula pile either I'm not an arugula person no arugula you're very bitter and I'm bitter enough without arugula <laughs> um so we had that we had great cocktails I had of course an Aperol spritz as I do um Jeff ordered something that had chili oil in it and it had um, stuffed blue cheese, stuffed olives. It like it was really good. It it was a whole flavor combination. Um, but everybody's meal was just it was so much food, but it was so delicious. Yeah, it was really good. And the woman, there was another woman who was with us, and she got like pasta with like mushrooms and stuff. Oh yeah, it smelled so good. <laughs> it was so good smelling. So so that was we did pasta beach. It was lovely. I liked pasta beach. And then we went back to the hotel, and I basically fell asleep with my computer in my face. Yeah, I, I went back to the hotel. I did a little bit of work and was, like, out cold. I was answering emails, and it was, like, zonk, and then I was out. But so comfortable. Like, that's but the I most did, comfortable hotel bells I've Should I share in. my one little hotel issue? Oh, yes. Tell about okay, your hotel so, issue. So, and this is, like, one of those happens at any hotel kind of things. It's not like it's a problem problem. So there's two blinds that come down on this giant window that goes all the way down to like just below your knees, it's this giant window. And the first one is just kind of keeps the, it's like, think of it like a shear. So it cuts the sun, but you can see straight through that, through it. Like you, the second one blocks it out and it comes down to a certain point. I even had Eileen check. I'm like, am I missing something? Nope. It comes down just to above crotch height and it won't go any lower. Like mine's broken. So like, okay, of all the places where your window is going to stop closing and providing you privacy, that is not where you want it to be. So I propped several of the pillows that were on the little couch in the room against it, but I still have a section of exposed window. So I took a towel and then I took the hangers 
that have the clips on it so you can like hang your pants from it. And I clipped the towel to the bottom of the thing. I felt pretty like MacGyverish coming my, up with that. My favorite part is that you took a picture and sent it to I all of us. I did. I'm like, like look, look what, what I, I did. did. <laughs> I'm proud of myself. I am no longer exposing myself to the entirety of Newport. And look how I managed to make this work. So innovative. I'm so <laughs> proud. Thanks. Yeah. So, all right. So we're going to come back with the next segment. We'll tell you where we went for breakfast, where we went for a second coffee, where we went for lunch, where we went for second lunch. And all of those things that Newport uh, is known for, we went and visited on our second we day. We did. All right. We'll be right back. And we are back talking about the Kia Nero EV and our adventure in Newport, Rhode Island the last few days. Yes. So we used the Nero and we traded back and forth between the hybrid and the battery electric um, throughout our journey. So we, you know, we took the hybrid, um, we were going up to Providence on our second day. So we took the hybrid out so we could just kind of continue using the same vehicle, mm-hmm. um, which like if you're doing a longer commute and you don't want to have to plug in every night, like you can get the PHAV, which is the plug-in electric. But I do think with the hybrid, I mean, we had over 60 miles per gallon driving it. That's tremendous. Yeah. Like I have no complaints as that being a commuter vehicle. That's right. better than the Kia, or not Kia, the Toyota Corolla hybrid which we, you and I drove a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. and it's a far nicer vehicle. Yeah, it is nicer. It's roomier. It's it's easier to, I mean, you can put stuff in it. It's got real room for cargo and people, and you could have family in that, you know? Speaking of which, in the Nero, there are these cup holders that are offset, and there is space, this is in the front console, and there is space behind them to store things, and which it's good because we went to a bakery first thing in the morning. Like we do. Le Bec Sucre. Yeah. Which is in Middletown, which is adjacent to Newport, um, worth the trip every time. So good. Like, amazing selection of pastries in the case. It's a very small pastry shop. It's not like they had, you know, hundreds of baked goods to pick from. There were, like, maybe a dozen different kinds of pastries and then some breads. Um, we got a couple of different croissants. We got a loaf of, like, a charcoal baguette. With poppy seeds. With poppy seeds. Uh, It was all so good. It was really, really good. And then we got coffee. At a place next door. Before we talk about coffee, you're glazing over the fact what? that you bit into the entire baguette before we even got into the car. No, I didn't bite into it. I need to clarify. I ripped off the end. You were, it, it was I, 10 uh, feet from the door, <laughs> and you were downing that I'm baguette. I'm like, I don't care. And I, like, ripped off a hunk of it. And I'm just like, It was you, still warm. It was warm, so people. Was How do you resist not ripping off no. a hunk of a warm baguette? You don't. You don't. And I also want to say, not a big fan of children. But there was a small child there who belonged to one of the shop owners, and he was explaining what condensation was to us, and he was maybe two, two and a he half. He was adorable. And well, it was adorable. So, And then it was so funny. As we were leaving, I said to Jeff from Kia, as we have all this pastry, we're about to get into his car, I'm going to get crumbs all over your car. And the little kid is like, I don't get crumbs on my car. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> like the kid who grew up in the bakery knows better. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like that's good for you. And I'm like, but I'm going to get crumbs all over that Kia. Sorry, guys. Yeah. <laughs> so we took our baked goods. We went and picked up coffee. And then we were going to the beach. The place we went for coffee was so good. Was so good. It was, it was super cute. It's um, just a little, like, I don't, it's not even that far up the road. It's called Custom House Coffee. And they roast their own there. Mm-hmm. So you can go there, you you walk in, and just so, like, everyone we met was so lovely. Just yeah. friendly and inviting. They had house-made baked goods, which we didn't need any more baked goods, because you we had enough, yes. and everything else. Um, so we got coffee. I got a hot chocolate, I believe. I don't even remember. It, it was good, though. It was almond milk hot chocolate. That's what I got. What did you get? I got some, they have a house special, like, vanilla chai situation and i got that it was delicious yes and so 
we took our coffee and our espresso and our pastries. We went over to Second Beach, which is, again, just a little bit up the road. And it was beautiful. We climbed this rock, like a 20-foot rock, which we're not that adventurous because we did it with coffee in hand. Yeah, just to be clear, we climbed it with coffee and pastry. It's not like you need cleats to get up this thing. Yeah. You're going, yeah, so... So, and we were sitting there, we sat on the rock, we were watching the waves, we were watching um, paddle boarders. It was really quite picturesque and lovely. And Jeff assures us it's like this every day in Newport, except mm-hmm. in the dead of winter. Yes. And so now I'm going to move there. But the uh, the best part was there was, everybody was kind of walking their dogs along the beach. And we're watching, and this guy's loading up his truck, and he's got two dogs, um, like a little terrier sort of pugs. thing. They were little I need pugs. A, a little pug. And um, the one pug just disappears, and I'm kind of watching it, because you're just like, oh no, his dog just ran away. And all of a sudden, up beside the rock, this little pug comes, like, following his nose to the pastry. And he was so cute. He didn't beg. He came up to us like, hey, you got some baked goods. Like, I liked baked goods. He was, I like baked goods? He was the most chill, like, dog ever. He's like, I found him. He's like, I'm just going to kind of walk up real quiet, like, and not be too aggressive. And, hey, I'm just kind of, hey, guys. Like, he was... He was the low-key, like... He low-key wanted oh my pastry. God. He wanted that pastry. He's got his nose, and I'm like, I, I, he's like, let me move your hand so I can take a picture, because I'm literally protecting the pastry. And I go to move my hand, and the dog goes in. I'm like, no, I love him, but no, we no, I cannot move my hand. I must protect the pastry. <laughs> Which I appreciate your priorities. I mean, honestly, we need more of that in our lives. He was a sweet little dog, and his owner was like, ah, come here, get your nose out of the pastry. <laughs> yeah, he was very cute. And then the dog went to leave, and the dog was like, but... But you know, you can take pastry with you. I know. We he's can stop at, on the way home. He was giving, I mean, pugs always have those little sad eyes, but they were super sad eyes. Like, come on, guys, just one bite of the croissant. We did not. I gave him nothing. Absolutely nothing. It was all pastry for me. All pastry for you. Okay. So then we went from there up to Providence, um, which Providence is a beautiful town, capital of Rhode Island. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of, it's a small town, even though it's a, a city, but it's, it's, it's just a really cute little town. Like you're like this, it's not. It's walkable, but it's not particularly Very walkable. walkable. Um, you know, we went over, we went to a donut shop, PV Donuts. Yes, from Providence Donuts. Tiny little donut shop. Really good donuts. Really good donuts. We had, we ordered a Dunkaroos donut. Yeah. We ordered a coffee milk donut. Coffee milk, which is a big thing in, in the area. Coffee milk is a thing. And then what one did you get? I got oh, Reese's, oh, Reese's, cups. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. I'm a sucker for chocolate and peanut butter. And all amazing. All delicious. I would go back there in a heartbeat. Yeah. It was it was tremendous. And it was a cute little, like, just a corner coffee shop by Brown a little bit. Yeah. So it was good. It was really good. And then we went to, of course, just down the street, like a block away, Aleppo Sweets for lunch. Really good. Amazing Syrian food. Which like, I don't know anything about, but Jeff knew more about the food that we were eating. And he ordered some stuff. And we kind of shared all of it, you know. And they had really good bread. And then we got... Baklava, little tiny baklava. Oh, the baklava was good. It was really good baklava. And I got um, Turkish coffee, which is like just, you take the giant, like, I think there's this giant cup of coffee sitting here. And imagine you take all that and just condense it all into like a little espresso shot. So there's actual coffee sludge in the bottom of the cup. You know your coffee's good when there's a little coffee sludge. Like, it's so dark. It's so rich. Oh, it was amazing. It was amazing. It was very good. So I had a chicken kebab, which was the best chicken I've ever had in my life. Um, <laughs> and then I had the labna, which is, of course, a staple, which for those of you who don't know, it's a strained yogurt that they have spices and oils on. It's And really you can kind of dip some of your bread into it, um, put it with your chicken. It was delicious. Like, I would, again, I would eat that 10 days a week. It was, it was really good. My favorite part is I was reading the menu and you guys, not you guys, but Nicole and Jeff and another gentleman were making fun of me. I thought they were talking about Aleppo <laughs> soup. 
And so I'm reading the menu, and I'm, I actually have pulled it up here so I can read it to you. It says Aleppo is well known for their centuries-old trade of handcrafted soup made with Laurel Bay oil and olive oil. Aged for over 36 months, it lasts a long time. And I'm like, have you guys ever had an aged soup? Had you, lavender Bay, like, uh, like, a Laurel Bay oil, have you ever had that in a soup? And literally everyone's just looking at me. And like I'm she's just crazy. Like, I'm crazy. And I'm like, no, it's on the menu. They have an aged soup. 36, like, it's a kimchi soup. And I'm really, like, passionate. And finally, somebody grabbed the menu on my hands. They're like, it's soap. It's soap. It's soap. So soap. now I understand the aged soap and the Laurel Bay scent and how that could play into a cleanliness routine. Um, I'm still all for the soup, though. I kind of want to know about aged Laurel Bay soup. But, um, I do not. Yeah. But I also love that on this menu, right below the soup, is activities. It says play some backgammon or chess, play cards, or learn the Arabic alphabet. And I just love that they even offer that. Like, that's just so adorable. Yep. Yep. It and was a nice little place. It was a nice place. Everything we had was amazing. They had more, they had like maybe 10 different types of baklava. Yeah. They had bird's nest and stuffed walnut and ladyfinger whole pistachios, classic walnut, like all the baklava. Yep. And I am here for all the baklava. Absolutely. So while we were there, so okay, so we were in Providence. Um, we went from there to another part of town to go charge the Nero EV we were in. Mm-hmm. And then we went to go... Um, where we did discover the one thing that sort of drives you nuts about, well, one of the things that can sometimes drive people nuts, everybody needs an app for their charger. Whatever the charging company is at charging, it's just like app number 5,475, downloaded so I can charge my car. Yes. And so this one was the Volta app, and uh, I just, it just stopped. It just stopped. Just let me pay. Tap to pay. Why can I not tap to pay? Why do you have to have this app? Like, I have so many questions, but we fast charged at like a shopping center. Yeah, Providence Place. At Providence Place. And it was, it was quick, fast, and easy. We went, walked through Providence Place to get to the Rhode Island School of Design, which is where our next appointment was. And it was an easy experience. I mean, it was a pain in the Rhode Island School of Design to have a, <laughs> a pain in the RISD to have to download the app, but whatever. I mean, it was fine. Yeah. It is what it is. Um, so, okay. So we're going to stop there. We'll take another break. We'll talk about RISD. We'll okay. talk about where we went for dinner and um, kind of what we've been doing today. And then I've got five questions for you. We'll do a scorecard. Oh, God, it's my turn to answer. <laughs> okay, we'll be right back. So we are back, and we are in Providence, Rhode Island now with our little adventure. And we went to the Rhode Island School of Design, which is a very well-known school. It is, it's prestigious. It has really innovative ideas that the school is trying to pursue. And we actually talked to them. They have a partnership that they do with Hyundai. Um, Hyundai like Sunday. Just need to say that because I feel like nobody knows Hyundai like Sunday. That's how you say the name of this company, everybody. Sunday. It's and there is difference. Hyundai Motor Group is the overarching group that owns the Kia Genesis and Hyundai brands. Correct. So just so we say Hyundai, we actually mean Hyundai Motor Group. Right. In so, this particular scenario. So that's why even though we're on a Kia thing, where it's something where Hyundai is involved because it's the Hyundai Motor Group. So there you go. There's your lesson on the background of the intricacies of the automotive industry. So we go and we talk to several people who are involved in some of the programs that Hyundai is helping to fund. And it's all about like discovering ways of doing things. You're trying to figure out like, how does the design school have anything to do with making cars? And what they're trying to figure out are using interesting things, especially like taking in nature. Like, okay, the one story that stuck in my head was this woman was looking at these ants that live in like the desert. And the way that they're, the exterior of these ants is just their natural shape helps to dissipate heat and to keep them cooler and reflect light in a way that keeps their little body temperature down. 
And they're think, looking at these and trying to come up with natural ways, like design-wise, how do you look at that natural thing in the end? And then say, how can I use that to improve the design of a car? And you think, okay, well, how does it even work? Well, they have this 3D printed material that they, it's like a sort of a plastic kind of squishy, slightly squishy material. It was a resin, a 3D printed resin. Yeah, like a resin. And they said, if we, this is what that, this is basically what the top of those ants looks like, but much larger. And it's something that they could use, say you put it on surfaces in your car, like where the hot plastic gets really hot. And if you ever live someplace, like if you especially live in California or Texas, some of the surfaces in your car can get hot enough that they can literally burn your hands the right time of year. And as an adult, especially, you're likely to think, I'm not going to check, touch that super hot black plastic, but kids, not so much. And their skin is more sensitive to begin with. So like to avoid kids from like, you know, burning or just like, ah, that's hot. If you could find a way to incorporate this very natural design into a car, you could make a surface that would be less likely to cause problems and make your life actually better. So sounds like a very odd thing. Like they've gone from ants in the desert to surfaces inside of a vehicle. But that's the kind of stuff that these um, professors and the students at the school are working on to come up with ways of taking natural things, bringing them into the automotive world and incorporating them in a way that will improve the overall automotive experience. Yeah, and it's not like they came to the school and said, we want you to design a car. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're doing that other stuff. And it's, sometimes in a car, there's stuff you just don't see that makes such a big difference. And it's things that, like materials, sustainability, this this wallpa- upcycled wallpaper headliner right. in the Neuro we're sitting in now. It's that sort of thing that's going to make the difference in the long run for people. And it's just, it's really fascinating to kind of get that behind the scenes look at these rising stars in design and in industrial design and all these different types of design looking at bigger picture ideas that one day could come to cars near us. And she was even the one woman she she deals more with, I, I don't know her exact department, it's like ceramics. And, yes. and she was talking about how they were looking at water chestnuts to find out with a way to use water chestnuts if you sort of like took them down and got some of the water out. And there's a lot of water, she discovered. And could you use that pulp somehow to be like, used instead of or somehow in addition to clay like how could you use that and she was laughing about it because they spent all this time harvesting these water chestnuts and trying to make this work and she's like look it didn't work we she it, said they're beautiful color <laughs> but they were absolutely terrible to work with right and so the laugh the thing that was funny about that there was like okay so she's saying like so it failed but it didn't really because you still learn something along the way and that's part of what schools like this try to do and what sort of the experimental stuff that car companies try to do with things what you're doing today might be an experiment that doesn't directly work. Water chestnuts, not, they have not found a way to incorporate that into automotive design. But learning that might teach her something that she later on has another idea, pursues that, has learned something from the process of working with those water chestnuts. And now she does come up with something or one of her students comes up with something or somebody in a completely different department hears about that. It makes them like, wait, maybe I can take that idea and run with it. So it's, it's interesting in that Sometimes things that are failures today actually are the successes in a year, two years, five years, whatever, down the road. Yeah, it's very cool. It's just, it's one of those things you don't think about. Mm-hmm. And now that you're thinking about it, it's one of those things you're going to look at and be like, oh, I wonder if they could do this or I wonder if I could do that. Right. So we left RISD. We drove back to Pro- uh, from Providence to Newport, um, mainly because there's a coffee shop there. And also there's some shopping we wanted to do and to get out of the city also before traffic got bad. Yes. Traffic, as we know, not great. Not great. Not great in the Northeast. We met up with Jeff again at Springline Coffee, which is at Bannister's Wharf in Newport by our hotel. It's It was beautiful. Like, it's just like this little tiny coffee little shop. shop. 
you can just take a seat and sit out on the wharf, and it's just like it's all things. Yeah, it was really cute. A little birdie was stuck inside. Oh yeah, the, yeah, it it found its way out. I'm it's sure. Scary. He was flying back and forth. He kind of like flew through my hair and freaked me out at one point. I'm like, yes. ah, ha, ha, bird. Hopefully he got out. <laughs> and one of the reasons that we wanted to stop on one of the shopping things we did is I wanted to pick up a book which I actually have at home and I left it, but because I was in Newport and I'd already read it, but I was like, I want to like remember the places I read about. It's called Wicked Newport, and it's about it's a sorted stories from the city by the sea, and it's just like a short little book of scandals that have happened in Newport. <laughs> but it tells you like mis- I'm going to be honest, this is a very thin book. Newport has a very large history. I don't feel like yeah, all the scandals I'm, are in there. They're not, and I have read a number of other um, books about Newport, and there are far more scandals than are in this book. But it's kind of cool, like when you're there because you've got such rich history with different families. And um, just different parts of uh, parts of Newport, just being as historic as they are. I mean, the town was settled in the 1600s, mm-hmm. so it's quite old. Uh, but you can you can drive around, and you can actually see this house, like this house. This is where this happened, and we actually went up to a tower that they have no idea how it was built, and it still stands today. And so it's just kind of cool, like to be there and to see us. I mean, the tower is called the Old Stone Mill. And it's, it's considered a great archaeological mystery. They don't know who built it. They don't know why it's there. They don't know what, you know, why it was built. And it's this just book, like this thing. This, like, I looked at it, this book because we went by and I stole Eileen's book and read it for a minute. And like the, the theories about what it could be oh, it's a whole are thing. completely ridiculous. Like they're from, oh, I can see that. And others are like, no. No, like, I don't see came, it. People came from China and built this. I'm like, no one came from China in the 1500s and built, and built this in Newport. <laughs> like, I, and I get like it wasn't Newport then, but like, let's be honest, that just didn't happen. Yeah. So you know, take it with a grain of salt. But there are some fabulous scandals um, in Newport high society, and so it's it's a fun read. Wicked Newport by Larry Stanford. You can get it on Amazon. You can get it in your local little bookshop down in Newport. Um, but I really enjoyed that. But then after that, we went for another walk. Jeff loves to walk. We love to walk. We went to a wine shop. We that did. That actually is owned by somebody that you are adjacent to. Yeah, so it was kind of fun. So there's not all, very often that my my personal world and my work world can really overlap, but this time it did because I went into a little wine shop. It was called the Newport Wine Cellar and Gourmet, and it was a high school classmate who I've known for years, and her friend from college runs the place. So we wandered in and looked, oh my gosh, I wish that I had like lived locally and could go there because I had all these things you can make Perfect charcuterie board, Eileen. It was. They had they had refrigerators. You could get like a recycled wood platter and like you. It had all the necessities for a dinner party in, in there, except for the wise. actual dinner. Yeah. So it was a cute little shop. So I got to s- stop in there, which was fun to be able to do. That was fun. And then we went back. You and I both got knocked out some work. Yes. And then we went and explored Bar and Board Bistro, which is just across the street, um, kind of in that main downtown area of touristy Newport. But it's not touristy at all. Mm-mm. This is an exquisite restaurant. It was wonderful. It is, it's kind of like mid-century modern inside, mm-hmm. but also, you know, like they've got windows that open to the water if, you, if it's a nice night. Um, we had, you put together a charcuterie board. They had like choose your own yeah. adventure charcuterie, you could which just, is like up Nicole's alley It was 100%. like a lot of charcuterie boards, it's like pick three meats, pick three cheeses and pick one side. This was like, here's all the things, pick them however you want. It was so much fun. It just picked, I like that one and that one and that one and that one. It was really good. And I got Marcona almonds because those are just. You ate a lot of almonds last night. I love Marcona almonds. They're good. I'm glad you enjoyed them. I really enjoyed the blue cheese that you chose. Mm-hmm. Uh, I enjoyed the uh, soprasada that was on there. Yep. 
uh, that was that was both very good, and we, we also had some on Christini, which was yes, butter well buttered, which Christini sometimes is not as it well buttered. It was nice and as buttery that. and rich. It was really good. It was a wonderful little charcuterie. And then what did you have as a main dish? You had salmon, right? I had salmon because that's my jam. Yeah, I got, no, I'm sorry. This one I got sa- I got scallops last night. Oh, okay. So I had a lobster pasta, which was amazing. We also had clam arancini for the table. Surprisingly good. Surprisingly, it just isn't something you you just have arancini, but the clam arancini was very good. It's called Bar and Board Bistro. 100% recommend without hesitation. Yes. Also good cocktails. It's something called the Just Peachy. was very good. It tasted I like summertime. Yeah, that was really good. I tried to sip. It was tasty. It was really good. Okay, so then this morning, we, so we went back to the hotel, went to sleep. Actually, you and I recorded a podcast. We did. Um, <laughs> then we went to sleep and woke up this morning and we walked to Nitro. Yes. For coffee. Where we got coffee at Nitro. And I just got, I just got a, what was a lavender coffee. You had a lavender latte this yeah, morning. It That's was a lavender do. latte. Lavender lattes are good. Lavender. We've talked about it. I have a thing for lavender. So, um, yeah. So I had a lavender latte. And what did you get while we were there? I had a hot chocolate. Cause I, I, in the morning, I don't like you coffee. You do a lot like of hot, hot chocolate. chocolate. Hot chocolate's kind of your jam, Eileen. Yeah. So I enjoyed, I had a great hot chocolate, great little spot with a tin ceiling, which I always love a it good tin cute. ceiling. Yeah. Very cute. Um, walked back to the hotel, picked up the cars, drove both cars, you and one, I and the other, to Groundswell. Yeah. Which is outside of Newport by about 20 minutes. Like, it's a hearty, it's a hearty drive. Yeah, you have to drive there. You're not walking there if you're staying downtown Newport. Uh, but if you're familiar with the area, it's in the Four Corners area. Um, and I mean, it's, it's probably Tiverton. But me being where I'm from, we call it Tiverton. But it's probably Tiverton. <laughs> Um, I mispronounced everything while we were here, but it's just because it's local pronunciations, not the way that good Lord intended. Nothing makes sense the way you pronounce it in the way. Let's say no, no, I, okay. Thank you. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm, no um, but the groundswell cafe and bakery, we had breakfast sandwiches. Yes. We had coffee. I had a lovely hot water with lemon, which I really enjoy. It's, it's kind of like my old lady in me really the enjoys old lady it. Meal. What did you call? Okay. So he used this expression. He call it, um, OMB old man breakfast. We yes. almost went for old man breakfast, which is for old man breakfast. You have to go find a just cheesy, typical diner. You have to sit at the counter and you get like bacon, eggs, black coffee, and that's it. Old man breakfast, which I got to be honest, I'm down for old man breakfast. That is my husband's favorite thing under mm-hmm. the sun is old yeah, man breakfast. That's the best. He, he was born an 80 year old man yeah. at a diner and, and I just, I love it for him. We go to this one diner in Vermont all the time in Burlington that we just absolutely love called Henry's. And it is a hundred percent OMB, and I I am pro OMB. Yeah. I, uh, I I just I love watching people make my food, but I do not care for the Waffle House. So like no, to be clear, there is a line a there. For waffle me. House is just scary, scary. I'm not a Waffle, no, waffle House person. House. I'm not a Waffle House person. No, I am not a Waffle House person. So then we went to Groundswell, and we actually split up with Jeff from there. He had to go home and work. We are heading to the airport. We're doing some work, obviously, on the way. Yes. Um, but we're actually going to go meet with Jeff's wife. To do a car handoff, so me and his wife, and we'll head to the airport, and we, uh, yeah, head our separate ways for a couple days. Head our separate ways for a couple days. So you are headed to Florida and Austria. Yes, I am headed home for the weekend, and then I go to Sweden, and then you and I will hook back up over the next weekend, and then we'll go to LA together, Los Angeles on a show, and then we get like a break, and the World Car Awards too. Oh yeah, World Car Awards too, and then a break, Thanksgiving. Well, I'll just be thanks, thankful to be in my own bed for a whole week. <laughs> I won't be. I'm actually going to go up and see my dad for yes. Thanksgiving. Um, but it'll be nice to be home. It'll be nice to see our families. So our, we've got one more segment, which is scorecard. We'll come back with it right after this. All right. We are back. It is scorecard time. I'm going to ask the questions to Nicole this oh, time. God. Okay. This is always pressure. Go. Lots and lots of pressure. All right. 
Which Kia is your favorite? Of all the Kias? Of all the Kias in the universe. All the Kias in the universe? And you cannot say the Forte GT's ma- manual, because that would just be kissing up to Jeff. Dang it. Um, I wouldn't be kissing up. It would have been honesty. Um, actually, I like the Telluride. Why do you like the Telluride? I like the Telluride because I think for, for what it is, as a three-row SUV that is attractive on the inside, has all the right features as standard features, so a family doesn't have to go all the way up to the top trim. To get a decent-looking vehicle, it's attractive, it handles well for a three-row SUV, and it's priced well. I am a huge fan of the Telluride. So Telluride is the first thing that pops to mind. I love the little Nero that we're sitting in right now, but I just the Telluride, I feel like, is exceptional for this segment. I'm good with that. I will accept your answer. Thank you. Okay. Baklava oh. or donuts? Can I ask questions? Sure. Okay, d- who made the baklava? Oh, we're going to say top of the league restaurant for both. So like a top tier donut factory, I don't a donut place and a top tier baklava factory slash place. Uh, I think baklava. Baklava. Yeah, because I just love how sweet and decadent it is and with the honey and the little crispy phyllo dough layers. I think baklava. I really like baklava from like the, the Greek fair. Okay, like that's what I was asking. You're like, because, mm. because, and I say this with all the love in the world, all the little Greek ladies, the old ladies of the church that have been making the baklava, those women know how to make it. You taste the love. You the taste love the love. Fair. It's the best when you get baklava at a Greek fair. I kind of want that would be my number one. That yeah. Kind. <laughs> that kind. I will accept that answer. Okay, this is geared for you explicitly. Do you prefer a lavender latte or a London fog latte? Ah, uh, those are like too much. I know. This is a hard one for you. I'm here for it. Okay, I'm going to say lavender latte because if they had more places that had lavender lattes, I would probably get that as often as I get a lemon pot. All right. But they just aren't out there that often. They're not. They're not. You can bring your little spray from the hotel. I don't think that would of- work that way. No, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, which New England town is best in the autumn? One in all of New England? Yes. It's a small region. Oh, my God. Okay, okay wait, is it, is it, no, I got it. Okay. I got it. I, I'm going to think. I think I'm getting it right. So, um, I'm going to say, uh, in New Hampshire, up by the okay, you one town. Okay, in New Hampshire by the Kangamangas Highway, there's a place. It's um, Sugar Hill. Okay, Sugar Hill, New Hampshire. Sugar Hill, New Hampshire, which is in the mountains, has these gorgeous, gorgeous views and these twisting roads, and it's right off the Kang, so you don't have to deal with all the traffic. But you can go and look at all the foliage and get great views. And there's farms. There's also my favorite pancake place up there. <gasps> That's where Polly's is. Yes. Okay. I'm here for it. Like, okay, I need to go to Sugar Hill. Like, I'm like, go. I've never even heard of that. That's so it. You like... gave me one town in the entire place. That's my town. Okay. <laughs> I like it. All right. And the last one is, so I'm assuming that most people who live on the coast of New England have like their local where they go for the lobster or their clams. Yeah, or their fish, I think okay? they're going to do. So if you go to your local, yes. are you getting the lobster? Are you getting the clams? Are you getting the fish? Are you getting the chowder? What would be your order at your local if you had one? Do you have a local place I go to? It's literally okay. called the Lobster Boat. Love it. I mean, right? Um, it has a little boat on top of the thing. It looks just as tchotchke and weird in New England as you would think. Um, okay, so my favorite thing there that I get all the time. This is this is stupid, and everyone's gonna be mad. You know, how you have chicken fingers. I do uh-huh. lobster fingers. So imagine pieces of lobster that they bread like a chicken finger, and they they're really good, and they give you drawn butter to put it in. So that is my favorite thing to get at our little local place. I know it's not fancy people, but I like the lobster fingers. It's a little tiny plate. We get it and we share it as a appetizer. I love it. I, it's something different, right? Yep. They have this place near us where they have, I forget what they call them, and I'm going to screw it up, 
but I want to say it's like, it's not chicken feet. It's chicken toes, I think. I don't remember what it's called. <laughs> but it's just like a buffalo chicken wonton thing. Okay. But it's got the weirdest name. And every time I feel weird ordering it, but, but it's, it's delicious. Yeah, but it's not see? actually chicken toes. Like, yes. I know you can buy chicken feet. Yeah. It's not actually that. Um, but it is absolutely delicious. So, there we highly go. recommend it. Okay, so that's Scorecard. That's it. So, we're going to take time. We're going to go do our adventures. And we'll mm-hmm. catch up with you in the next episode. Bye, everyone. Bye. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.